It's currently March of 2018, and right now, Andy Panko is in Monterey, Mexico, trying to win one last championship. A championship that would cap off a 20-year professional basketball career. A career that's taken him all over Europe, South America, and even a short stint in the NBA. He's been a champion and MVP in some of the world's most competitive professional basketball leagues. And he achieved all of this after playing in college at a school you've probably never heard of. Andy Panko was virtually unrecruited out of high school. There were some small schools that wanted him to come in redshirt, but Andy was determined to play right away. At the end of the day, Andy would spend four years at Lebanon Valley College in Pennsylvania. He grew up with dreams of playing in the NBA, and, as you will hear, he's a true competitor who, like most kids, really wanted to play Division I. But unlike most kids, Andy worked through the disappointing recruiting process and turned himself into a 20-year pro. I was excited to talk with Andy about his journey and see what advice he has for young players. In a word of warning, Andy really did call us from Mexico, so the sound quality of his interview is not the best. But it's worth it because what Andy says is gold. And I guess my first question is like, what, what, what kind of player were you in high school? Were you, uh, were you a driven player? Did you ever have hopes of, and dreams of playing in the NBA? Logan, of course, Logan, of course. I mean, yeah, we're talking back in the day when it was the Bird era, Magic, Michael. You know, I remember watching TV always on Sunday on NBC with my father, and I always wanted to play in the NBA. Like, like my son has a dream right now. Like, millions of other kids have that dream right now. But obviously, I did not play basketball. I, okay, I played basketball my whole career. I never played AAU. It never good enough. They didn't even have AAU back then. And then when I got to high school, I didn't play basketball. I don't know if you know the story, though, but I didn't play basketball until my senior year in high school. Okay, I played freshman ball my sophomore, junior year. I played JV ball. Sat the bench, you know, varsity ball. But didn't play until I was a senior. And the only reason why I played is because we graduated, I think, seven guys my, 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 my junior year or whatever seniors graduated. So the coach had no, the coach had no, he had to play me, or we wouldn't have had a team. And then my senior year, I played pretty well, you know, got some, uh, caught the eye of some scouts, some Division One small scouts, but the Division One schools wanted me to redshirt the first year, because I was only training 17 coming out of high school. So I was like, no, the hell with this. I want to play right away. I didn't really, I didn't really care about playing Division One or, you know, small schools, but I wanted to play right away, and that's why I chose uh, Leather Valley College. Because I could play right away. What was that like for you um, when you were a young kid and you weren't getting recruited by like the kind of schools I guess that you had really hoped? Was that disappointing? How did you work through that? Did that motivate you? Yeah, I mean, look, of course, no, no, no. Of course, it was disappointing because I think uh, AAU was just in infancy back then. You know, when I was in high school, I was just in infancy. I remember trying out for a travel team, and it was all the local guys in our area, and I, and I didn't make it. You know, I didn't really know what it was. My parents were like, "Ah, oh, it's not a big deal." You know, they try to support you give you confidence, but it was disappointing, of course, seeing other guys who were even sophomores from cheating playing varsity ball, and then there was me, you know, who still was playing just JV ball and seeing bench on the varsity. So, of course, it's, uh, you know, of course, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, 20 years later and say it wasn't disappointing, it was, but okay, 
God works in mysterious ways, and I think every, everyone has a plan in their life. And I just made the best of my opportunity my senior year, played well, you know, kept, kept believing in myself more importantly. I was driven. And then, yeah, I don't know. The, the rest is history. Once I got to college, I had a fantastic four years at a small division three school. And then, okay, I caught the eyes of a couple of scouts, and the rest is history. So what was your Division uh, Division Three experience like? Were difficult practices, difficult, tough games, playing against good players? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it, it was hard. I mean, look, back, okay, I'm not going to, you know, sure, back in the day when I was in Division Three, it's a lot different than it was now, and especially in my area. I mean, back in the day, we had a hell of a team. We were ranked number one, I think, for two years, my junior senior year. We had a big team. And this year, I see my team right now, and their biggest guy is six, six, six something playing center, so. I think Division Three has changed, but back, but back when I was playing, I mean, it was very, it was very competitive, um, a, a very, very, very tough, very hard-nosed, defense-oriented. It had nothing to do with you know who could jump the highest, like who was the most physically gifted. It was all based on fundamentals. It was a motion-offense kind of game. It was all the kind of basketball that I sort of play right now in the European style. You know, it's 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 team it's team-oriented. It's not. Just catch a ball on the fast break, one on one, the open court, and then go make a dunk when nobody's playing defense. So it wasn't like that. You know, we had a coach who, who worked just hard, we knew basketball, we practiced every day, no days off. And that's the kind of style that I like. And I, you know, just continue that too when I got into the pros. That mentality. You know, we, we didn't fly private games away. Our, our, our farthest game, I think, was maybe a two hour, two and a half hour bus ride. But granted, we take a bus ride, like a Greyhound bus. It wasn't anything fancy. And, you know, we didn't have to get meal money like you do in Division One. We had five privates, but we don't have donors like they do in Division One or Division some Division Two schools. It's a small liberal arts school. And I don't know, I, for me, it was a perfect fit for me. You know, I, I had a chance to, after my sophomore year in college, I had, a, I had a chance pretty much to choose any kind of big league school where I wanted to transfer to. But I spoke it over with my parents, spoke to a bunch of people, and obviously when you transfer up, you got to sit out of here. And I didn't want to do that. I, I like the style of basketball there. I, I, found, I found a home there. And, uh, yeah, that, that's it. That was more my niche, that small school, small city field school. Yeah, finding your niche is important. That's what I try to tell a lot of young players. So speaking of that, Andy, what, what would your advice be to, like, a young player today who's, you know, got some D3 schools looking at but they really want to play D1? Well, look, I mean, my advice to them is, okay, everybody wants to play Division One. Everybody would love to play at University of North Carolina or Duke or play for Chesney or Michigan or Arizona. I get that. Trust me, as a, as a, as a business owner speaking to athletes all the time and my clients, I get that. But I don't want them to lose. I always tell them, don't lose focus on why you're going to college. Why are you going to school? And I think that kind of gets lost in translation. People think that you go to school to play athletics. Well, it is and it's not true. You know, like I said, I, I tell my guys already, I know everybody wants to play professional athletes, but you have to be honest with yourself first and foremost, and what are the percentages of playing professional athletes? When you go to Division One, okay, they have to give scholarships. Now, I know all the time that they give scholarships to those small schools, high schools, come, those small guys coming out of high school. So if you get an opportunity to play with D2, NAIA, Division Three, I always tell them, take the opportunity where a coach is going to let you play. It doesn't matter what division, because if you have good four years, you get your degree, you make friends, and if, if you get lucky, and you might be have a chance to play, if you play well, you have to play well in division three, you can still play pro ball after college. You don't have to go to that big college to play division one. The best players that I've in contact with my 20 years, being in South America and in Europe, come from schools that I've never heard of, and it's not the big division one schools. 
It's a Division II schools. It's a small Division one schools. And those guys over here make a hell of a career for themselves. And I'm telling you what, man, there's some colleges I've never even heard of. Never even heard of. And they still made a career for themselves. I, I wrote a blog about a guy, Andy, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a guy named uh, Jeff Gibbs who went to Oberlin College, Division three, and he's still playing over in Japan, had a really good career, and it's just another another example of a, you know, he's a 6'3 big guy. Yeah, there's, 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 yeah, man, there's a bunch of examples out there. You know, like I said before in the beginning, the basketball's all over the world. Not just America, not just America, not just Europe, not just Asia. It's all over the world. Every country has, has levels of basketball. And like I said, it's about, obviously, it's about hard work, and it's a little bit of luck involved, too. But the most important thing is you want to go in and play somewhere, okay? You want to go and play. If you're that kid coming out and you really, really want to go to Division One, but you're not going to play, well, what's important going to Division One? You want to sit the bench to say, yeah, I sat the bench at a Division One school. No, no, you want to go and play if the coach really likes you. You know, learn from him, get back to the fundamentals of basketball. You know, I, my, 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 my suggestion is always go to where you're going to play. Whether it's Division Three or Division Two, it doesn't matter. What's something that you wish, like, parents and, and kids knew about Division Three? I mean, first and foremost, the first thing you're going to do when you go to Division Three is they really focus on our academics. I mean, you have to be honest. It's not, you don't go to Division Three to, you know, make the pros. Let's, let's be honest. You go there for education, okay? You go there for education. And then second, you go there for athletics. I know when I was there, our, our, our coach in the, in the college, we had mandatory, you know, study offer for as I was a, a junior in college. So you're going to go there for education. You're going to graduate in four years. They're really going to take care of you that way because you're going for a degree. But parents, I think, have get, you know, like you, as you talked about before, like they get caught up in, in the AAU mindset where it's, it's, it's all or nothing. Either my kid has to go to this big school or he can't play anywhere. But, I mean, there's thousands of examples like you, you just said. I mean, you can still play. Just go out there, have fun, play basketball, play well, you know, and it's all about context. It's all about who you know, Logan. And then you can play after college. I think parents just get caught up too caught up in that what they see on TV, AAU basketball, you know, all or nothing. My kid is the next LeBron James or the next whoever. No, it's just, that's not reality. I think it, I, I'm a big, big believer in when people come to work with me and they ask my story, you know, I'm 100% honest with them. You know, I, 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 I tell them what I see from my eye and I tell them, look, if you're, if you're being recruited by you know, five or six Division three schools and maybe a small Division one school, well, you got to weigh your pros and cons. Weigh your pros and cons. What coach do you like the best? Where are you going to get the most playing time? Look who you have ahead of you. How many juniors and seniors are in your position? Because if you've got three or four juniors and seniors in your position, well, you might not play until you're a junior or senior yourself at Division one school. But in Division three, you have to be able to play right away. And that's the most important thing. Most important thing. Well, Andy, speaking of that, what are you, uh, I mean, I know you're down in Mexico right now finishing up a, a season, but uh, you said you're a business owner. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days? Yeah, I, I guess uh, four years ago, I built a gym over in Central Pennsylvania, Hershey, my, where, my, uh, where I live. And uh, I built a gym kind of like what you're doing down there in North Carolina. Logan knows where I, I, I teach athletes basketball, teaching the pure fundamentals of basketball. Uh, the majority of my clients are high school kids and college kids. And then I also work, you know, on, 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 on the side with a bunch of college seniors, mostly from smaller schools, Division II and the I Division Three, and trying to help them get overseas. With all my contacts I have over in Europe and, and my agent, I try to, look, I'm not an agent, but I have a lot of contacts with people I know where I can make a, pick up a phone call. And, 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 and on behalf of them, I try to get them uh, to play professionally, if, if, if I can. You know, if they're good enough, they, they come to me and they want to work and, and we work in my gym, and, and, and I help them get overseas. 
So it's kind of like when you're doing, I don't really do, I'm not, I don't have any, I don't do any camps as of yet because, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm away nine months out of the year still playing ball. So it's hard to get that off the ground. But when I'm home in the summertime, it's more individual one-on-one training, basketball training, which I've found right now with, with my clientele works a lot better than, than, than group training right now. So. Andy, when you look back at your career, I mean, I know it's still going on, but like looking back, is there one particular thing that you're the most proud of? Yeah, I mean, not, not, not one, but having a 20, almost or 21-year career playing basketball and, and my family being able to see the world. I mean, love that I've lived, lived and played in over 13 different countries. So I pretty much saw saw all of Europe. And um, the most important thing is not really, you know, okay, I've won championships, I've won MVP awards, I've won sport titles. But the most thing I, 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 I think is respectable that other people respect me for is having the longevity of this career that I've had. You know, a lot of people come overseas, and I've seen them come over there for two, three, four, five years, and they're out of the league. They're out of the league. They're, you know, they're home. They either don't stick or sometimes they get in trouble over there and they come home. You know, I'm not, right now, I'm, I'm 40 years old, going to be 41 years old, and I'm, I'm not playing. I'm not still playing because I'm most athletic, you know, or what, or, for, but I'm, uh, right now it's about the mentality. It's about the discipline. It's about using your mind to play basketball. Sure, you have to be a good player. Like, you have to put the ball in the hoop. But the longevity of my career is what I'm most proud of, like if you, if you have to be honest. Well, that's awesome, man. I think your story is very inspiring, especially in, you know, the fact that you did it all after, you know, going through some some struggles in high school and going to a, a school that wasn't as big as you had probably hoped. And I think that gives a lot of a lot of kids, you know, hopefully that gives a lot of kids hope out there. I mean, Logan, yeah, listen, I mean, I, I tell the kids through my store, whatever we have to be with them, whatever we have, I give my interviews with my clients. I mean, look, and like you said before, I mean, uh, people see my career and see where I, where I played. I played in the NBA. I stood here and there. But they don't see that the first, you know, two or three years after college, after Division three college, I, uh, I, you know, I suffered. I had to pay my dues. I was in the minor leagues for two to three years trying to make it back to the NBA, where I was living in and out of the hotel, taking bus trips across the country, you know, in the CBA back then, living in North Dakota, where it was, it was minus some degrees, snowing all the time. So, believe me, I, I pay my dues. My dues. You need. Sure, in this business, you need luck. Of course, you need luck. You got to stay injury free. Uh, you got to, you know, obviously be a good basketball player, but you need luck too. But the important thing is, I try to stress that to everybody too. Is okay, there is hardship involved in this. You know, you, you can't give up. I went to the business three. I lived in hotels for three years. I was making a hundred dollars a week. You know, playing in the minor leagues. But okay, if you persevere and you have you know resilience, good things will happen. And that's that's why I try mostly when I give my speech to the kids and they look up to me. That's why I want to mostly get across. Not the, not the things that they see, the, the trophies and the living in Europe and how great that is, but it's how you got there. And, you know, every, it's hard work. No, anything worth doing is it's going to take you a lot of hard to do, but you know that. You're doing your business there. You have to start small, and you just have to keep on growing step by step, year by year. That's how it works. For all the young players out there with dreams of playing pro basketball, just know that those dreams don't die just because you don't play Division One, While Andy's career was amazing, there are countless other Division Two and Division Three players playing professional basketball right now all around the world. Keep working hard and focus on becoming the best player you can become. Because just like Andy said, if you're good enough, someone will find you. This episode was edited by Sabrina Kosmalski with original music by Ryan Winters. Thank you to Andy Panko for his time, and as always, thank you for listening.